Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by a special guest, Sophia Demas. Sophia has had three separate careers. She had no plans of getting married or having children or anything like that, even writing a book. But she is now an author. She is married. She has kids. And we're going to be talking about her memoir, The Divine Language of Coincidence, where she talks about the things that happened in her life. She thought they were coincidences, but they were not. And she is better for them. And we're going to be talking to her about her memoir. So, Sophia, thank you so much for joining me today. Sophia Demas. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I appreciate having you on. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? You did it pretty well. Um, I grew up uh, in a Greek American. I'm Greek American, and so my my childhood was kind of like my big fat Greek wedding. Um, and then I uh, I kind of went along with a program. My mother was I was very artistic and. So my mother felt that if you're a woman and you're artistic, the only possible thing you can do is teach. So she went along with the program. And uh, when I entered college, I uh, was in the art education program. And then my senior year, when I had, um, I had two more terms and my student, one term, one term and my student teaching. And I had this dream. And in the dream, uh, the postman comes, rings the doorbell, and hands me my teaching license. And I look at it, and I go, I don't want to teach. And so I marched over to the uh, registrar's office and changed my major to art history because I decided I wanted to be an archaeologist. So, uh, well, that didn't go over very well with my parents. Then... I got a scholarship and studied archaeology and art history in Italy. And when I was there, I, my roommate, one of my roommates, you know, we would stay up all night, you know, talking philosophy, smoking galawas, cigarettes. And he said to me, if, if you could be with anybody dead or alive for half an hour, who would it be? And I don't know what I said, and it doesn't even matter. And I said, well, who would you be with for half an hour? And he goes, Buckminster Fuller. And I thought, okay, I knew that this man had uh, invented the geodesic dome, but like, why would you? And I said, you know, word, like, I'm okay, why? And he gets up and he brings me this thin little book called No Secondhand God. And it was a poem. The whole book was a poem. And I just thought it was the most brilliant thing I've ever read. So I was researching him, and it turns out that he was a modern-day Leonardo da Vinci, philosopher, engineer, and I just couldn't get enough of this man. And when I returned to the U of O, uh, University of Oregon, I had made up my mind. I wanted to be an architect. 
And I, I didn't know how to break it to my parents, but I knew that that is exactly what I wanted to do. So my, my friend, Mark, who was president of the student union, comes over one day and says, guess who's coming to lecture on Tuesday? I said, Buckminster Fuller. He goes, would you like to come and pick him up at the airport with me? And to me, this is like going to pick up, I don't know, I can't even imagine. I mean, this is my idol. So there were students who were giving him $100 to ride with him. So that was the start of something completely new for me. Uh, it was He came with his wife, and we just hit it off. And long story short, whole stories in the book, um, when I graduated from architecture, he asked me to work with him. And this is like, uh, again, I can't even fathom your, your absolute idol asking you to work with them. So uh, it was just a series of such amazing coincidences that brought me to this man or brought him to me. So that, that's when I started out in, in architecture. Came, actually, I came to Philadelphia from Portland, Oregon, to work with him, and uh, it became my new home. Well, tell us about how you came up with the title of your book. The original title was Sound, Light, and Sound, Light, and Vibration, because to me, that is consciousness. Everything is one. Everything is... It, Consciousness exists in all realms. I went to a writer's retreat, and the person who ran the retreat said, he asked me, why have you titled the book Sound, Light, and Vibration? And explained exactly what I said to you. And he says, what's your book about? And I said, well, it's about all the miracles that happened in my life since I was 19 years old. And uh, I feel that the universe speaks to us through coincidence, and it's our job to take action. Basically, that's the key to the whole book. And he said, well, why don't you call it the divine language of coincidence? And I thought, that's brilliant. So I did. That's pretty interesting. So, you know, you had three careers, and then you decided to write a book. So how were you able to find the, the writing process since you didn't really seem to have any experience before in writing a book? Well, Curtis, that's how the universe works. Let me just preface something by saying that God gave us free will, okay? And so we decide what we want to do. But I have to tell you from my experience, the universe knows better than we do what is the best for us. So as I said, I didn't want to get married. And I was very successful at that until I was 45. And I didn't want children. I was too busy with my careers. And I was not going to write a book, which an astrologer told me that I should write a book about 15 years ago. And then about 12 years ago, one year before I began writing the book, I coincidentally got together with a medium, something I did not, I had no desire doing. And she told me I was going to write a book. And I just told her that flat out, she was world renowned. 
And I said, no, absolutely not. I have nothing to say. But also, I'm a people person. And I'm not going to sequester myself somewhere and write a book. I'm just not going to do that. And she just patiently let me rant. And then she says, Spirit says, when she's ready, there are many hands to help her and many, many spirits here to help her and many hands on earth. And that's the way it went down. So I would tell people my miracles and the coincidences, and they would say, oh, Sophia, these things only happen to you, which I found a little annoying because um, I'm not a saint. I'm not a guru. I'm just an ordinary person. And I just didn't that for some reason that uh, was telling me that I was special, but I knew I was not special. So 11 years ago, I reconnected with an old childhood friend and I told her my, my most recent miracle. And she goes, oh, these things only happen to you. And something clicked. I thought, you know, the number of miracles and coincidences I can't ignore. It's just too vast. So I started meditating on it. And what I came to see is that coincidences are different than miracles. Okay. Coincidences happen to everyone. And I believe this is God's language, putting a little hint in front of us. So what are we going to do? Okay. We can say, wow, that was a coincidence and move on, or call that person that you just thought of and you saw their name on TV, or or you take action. And once I went back and, and just meditated on all of these amazing things that have happened to me, I see how it happened. I took action. So, and it, it all fell together. It was like, I've got to share this. I've, I've got to let people know this is, this is how everyone can have miracles. And I truly, truly believe that. Well, how do you feel like your three careers influence your book? Well, I don't know about if they influenced my book, but I sure write about them because as the memoir is my spiritual journey, my careers also went, each career brought me to a different level. So when I was in architecture school, all I wanted to do was design the beautiful building. That, that, was, that was my goal. But after working with Buckminster Fuller, who solved problems, he, he saw that there was a shelter problem in the world and, and created these fantastic schemes of not very many things were actually done because it was more philosophical. And I ended up my architecture career designing biotechnology laboratories because I felt like I was now helping, solving problems. It was very interesting, but it was so far from beauty that uh, I thought about taking a leave of absence. They wanted me to manage my projects and I just wanted to design. And so a friend was designing a store for a clothing store that this woman was going to rent beautiful, expensive gowns, evening gowns. And he asked me to finish the project because he got this big job. And I started working there. And then that catapulted me 
to having my own couture business. And I went to themselves. But then um, designing for a beautiful woman became boring. It was the problem figure. So my assistants and I designed and made 40 absolutely gorgeous evening dresses, gowns for pregnant women. And we would rent them. And this got wind of the, uh, the newspaper nationally and it kind of put me on the map. And then I started a line for super large women. And then it was more like, wait a second, you know, it should be, there's something else in clothes that should make a person feel good. And I put my finger on self-esteem. So I designed a 12 workshop program, which was piloted in the Philadelphia prison system to enhance self-esteem in incarcerated women. Um, the, the commissioner loved it, but the board would not give me any money. So I, I did the program for different groups of at-risk women, like um, ex-trafficked women, ex-homeless women, women in recovery. And, and that... I saw that I was onto something. So I went back to school. And when I was 50, I graduated with my master's in counseling psychology. So that brought me to my third career. So tell us about the people that influenced you throughout your journey. Oh, so many. Uh, On my website, which is sophiademas.com, I have a page. It's I call it my influencers. And it's there's eight people that I've had personal contact with that have touched me, have have made have made me think. So, you know, one of them is Jimmy Carter, President Jimmy Carter. I have I mean just you know great intellects, great, great hearts. So tell us the difference between coincidence and miracles. So coincidences are to be listened to. And once you take action, then the miracle occurs. And I can give you an example. Go right ahead. Okay. So, okay. This is something, you know, light and a little entertaining. But so when I was getting married, uh, we decided to get married on 4th of July, and the wedding was going to be 4th of October. So wasn't giving us a, a long time to plan the kind of wedding I wanted. So two things occurred that will illustrate what I mean. Okay, one, I call my friend Anne, and a man answers that's not her husband. And so I said, uh, is this is is Anne there? And this person seems to recognize my voice and goes, uh, Sophia, it's Jerry. It's Jerry. You called me. I went, Jerry? He goes, Jerry Panelitas, you called me. And I went, uh, Jerry. He goes, look, I can't talk late for a meeting. Just got out of the shower. Can I call you later? I said, promise me you will call me. Promise me. And he promised. And I hung up and I thought, oh, I had asked him. I said, what is your phone number? And he gave me a number that was 
the last digit was off. So what is the chances of dialing a number and getting somebody else that you know? And I would have never recognized his voice. And I only knew him socially. And I could not believe it. And I, at that point, we had not found a venue for our wedding. Uh, We were looking and some of them were, were all taken. And then I, I got a call back from the Mummer Museum, and they said they had a cancellation. And that was pretty expensive. So Jerry calls me that afternoon, and I said, Jerry, Jerry, I mean, this is incredible. I mean, this is beyond coincidence. I mean, this is just amazing. So we started talking. I told him that he, I'm getting married. And coincidentally, for about three years, he owned the notable Barclay Hotel on Rittenhouse Square. And he offered to give me the ballroom to have my wedding for free and the presidential suite for two nights. So how easy would it have been for me to say, oh, Jerry, you don't have to call me back. This was just wild. Just let it go. And then guess what? It remains a coincidence but I made him call me. We talked and I got that ballroom for free. The other thing that happened was I get a call from a young woman uh, and she said, are you Sophia Demas? And I said, yes. And she said, I think I found your driver's license in Rittenhouse Square. And I went and checked my pocket. And because in the winter, I don't like to carry bags. And lo and behold, my driver's license is missing. And she said, I said, well, thank you. That, that's so wonderful. And she said, well, where should I leave it? And I said, she lived two blocks away. And I said, just, you know, put it in my mail slot. And she put it in my mail slot with a lovely note. And then, oh, and how I was from Oregon. My, my driver's license was from Oregon. And she and her boyfriend would go every year to Oregon and how much she loved it. End of story. But it was not the end of the story. Two months later, uh, she I get a call in the studio, and it is the same woman. And she says to me, um, this is Lisa Marie. It's I'm the woman who found your driver's license a couple of months ago. And I said, yeah. She goes, I know this is going to sound really strange, but I just found your Mac card. I said, what? She said, I was, I went to use the Mac machine and it says, do you want another, another transaction? I said, no. And out pops your Mac card. Well, I couldn't leave that, let that go. I said, Lisa Marie, you've got to come to my studio. Would you come tomorrow? And she said, yes. And I had soap from Oregon and we started talking and she happened to be a concert violinist, this beautiful young woman. So, uh, you know, we were talking and, and then, you know, we parted and a month before the wedding, it was a couple of, yeah, it was, it was right there that three month period, we were trying to figure out the music and I'm walking down the street and she's jogging towards me and we just, she stops and she goes, hi. And I went, hi. She goes, and somehow it was like, let's have coffee. And she got the um, classical guitarist uh, that played in, a, in like the only four-star restaurant in Philadelphia, Le Fen. And together they played 
my favorite concerto, concerto Aranjuez, at my wedding for my wedding, our wedding present. So, so what do you think? Which one do you think is stranger? I think it's the second one because you know it's one thing to not not know where you're gonna have your wedding, but to have your favorite song played by somebody you didn't expect. But what about the telephone number that was off one digit? And yeah, then- that was pretty coincidental too. But I like the <laughs> the favorite song being played. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, I ask people and it's 50-50. 50% think one is stranger than the other. So, but that I wanted to tell you about these coincidences because how easy it would have been to just let both of them go. I mean, when she said, um, you know, this is really strange. I found your card and I could just say, oh, that is so wild. What a coincidence. Just, just put it through my slot. Just put it through my slot. no. It was so jarring. I had to meet her. That is where you take action. So that is woven throughout the book. Speaking of your book, what do you want listeners and readers to take away from your book once they read it? Well, I think that one can't help but start thinking about the twists and turns in their lives and what precipitated it? What made them choose this instead of that? Did they listen to the clue? Uh, and then I, I believe that many people will see moments in their lives that were crucial, much more crucial than if they had not read the book. And also to feel that that Miracles can happen to anyone. If they take action, if they listen, they're aware, listen to their gut. And and the whole thing, Curtis, just snowballs. It's like the more you listen to your gut and you take action and then you get something beneficial, the more you trust your gut. So the more you trust your gut and the gut will tell you more about which path to take. Well, we have sophiademus.com. You have any social media links or any, anything like that that people can stay connected with you? Sure. I mean, if they go on my website, all, they can click through, you know, they can get on social media through my website. Are you working on any upcoming projects that people need to know about? I am. I am. Well, when I first decided to write the book, I sat down. And I listed all the coincidences and all the miracles. And they were just too many to cram into one book. So I plucked out all the ones that had to do with death. And so the the second book, which is at the publishers, and it just got edited, the title of that book is Consciousness Beyond Death, True Stories of Signs, Messages, and Timing. And I will tell you, I am so excited about it because it is very, very hopeful. There is no question. There's no question that death is just shedding the body, that we are aware and and able to communicate as we are now. It's just the body is gone. So I'm, I'm very, very uh, excited about the second book. All right. 
give us some final thoughts briefly before we close it out. Anything maybe we didn't touch on that you want to talk about or just some final thoughts for the listeners? Well, one thing in this book, by the way, I just found out that it won a gold award, uh, um, the reader's favorite gold award for the category of spirituality last year. And that was completely by coincidence. But another uh, story that winds through the book is my relationship with my husband. And I'm very candid with it. And people, it resonates with a lot of people because I found out that I had married a a rager and I left him. And, uh, okay. And that was my will. I mean, never wanted to see this jerk again. And three amazing coincidences happened within two months that brought us back together. And that was in 2009. And he has never raged since. And I am with my ideal companion, and I have never been happier. And I wish your listeners true happiness too. I do as well, and I also wish my listeners would go visit SophiaDemus.com, check out her book and everything that she's up to, and get, get the book and support her. Also, I wish my listeners would follow, rate, review, and share this episode to as many people as possible. And, Android listeners, I wish you would go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. Sophia, thank you so much for joining us oh. tonight. Thank you. It was a real pleasure. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.